to the Revital Health Podcast. I'm Jodie Duval and I'm a functional naturopath in Perth, WA. This is a place where you can expand your knowledge on how to optimise your health and realise your full potential. We'll have cutting edge information with expert guests and having lots of fun along the way. Get ready to be empowered and motivated to reach your higher vitality and find your ultimate potential. Let's go! Hi everyone. So today's episode is amazing and I really have been so excited about getting this out to you. So Andy is a natural for providing in-depth information and make it really easy to understand. So we talk in depth about light and how it affects your health and some of the aspects you may never have even considered before uh, and how they were affecting your health and even behavior. So we talk lots about that. We also talk about how to improve your health with an individual light prescription and we talk about lifestyle in this as well. We also talk about sunscreen and vitamin D which is very important in Australia right now. We have super hot temperatures and a very big festive season coming up. We also talk about the light receptors in your skin and how nighttime light will affect this and daytime. We also cover mitochondrial diseases and lots, lots, lots more. So lastly, we also look at why I love Blue Blocks um, and the amazing ethics and integrity of the company. So just a little bit about Andy. Andy Mann is the founder and CEO of Blue Blocks and it's a company specializing in evidence-based advanced lightwear, eyewear. So Andy started Blue Blocks after becoming dissatisfied with the quality and standards of blue light blocking glasses. And so he set out to design lenses that match the evidence in the academic literature. Andy forged a passion and niche in how light can impact the human biological system. So today Andy is a leading figure in how light can affect our health and well-being and through Blue Blocks he and his team have developed scientifically backed advanced light filtering eyewear that is not being mass produced from a factory in China but rather their bespoke lenses are manufactured and fitted in Australia. Blue Blocks is a brand that truly believes in giving and through their non-for-profit partnership with Restoring Vision, they are helping give the gift of sight to those in need with their buy one, donate one glasses campaign. So I really hope you enjoy this and learn as much as I did from our conversation. Hi Andy, thanks so much for coming on. I know you've been super, super busy over the last few weeks um, and even today you've been recording lots already uh, and I appreciate you coming on and speaking to me about light um, and we are talking about light today and I'll let you jump in and give a little intro of yourself and then we'll jump into the questions and have a good good chat about how light affects our health. Amazing thank you so much for having me on Jodie um, it's, it's, it's a real honour to be invited on and speak to your amazing community. Um, I've had, as you said had a couple of recordings today as well but education is definitely at the forefront of, uh, of my mind when it comes to um, coming on these these epic shows so um, I guess a little bit sort of about myself um, I'm, I'm the founder and um, one of the directors here at a company called Blue Blocks um, we're based in Western Australia um, and we're an evidence-based um, educational and blue light blocking glasses company um, we are a yeah, a global company and I founded it about sort of two years ago um, just as a bit of a side hustle and it's turned into my full-time job um, where we have employees working for us now as, as well um, and I guess my background is I'm British um, originally moved to Australia about 10 years ago um, 
got into um, a bit of a state um, in terms of uh, my sort of weight um, when I first moved over and basically found some dieting principles that worked for me from looking at academic literature. Um, and then one thing led to another and I um, stumbled across light because my sleep has always been so bad. Um, and I managed to fix that by, you know, looking at, I guess, the quantum biological aspects of um, how light influences the human physiological system and um, yeah, put a few things into place that improve my sleep and one of those was was creating a, a the company blue blocks um which is a blue light blocking glasses company amazing thanks so much for for introducing yourself andy um it's something that i'm super passionate about as you already know because we've had a bit of a discussion before about all of this and that's how i set, uh, searched out for you i guess um mm -hmm. so give me a little bit of a an overview of the circadian rhythm and how light affects that because a lot of people in the audience would probably not have a really good idea of the circadian rhythm um and also how the light falls into that on a sort of a daily basis from from first light to end light and throughout the night absolutely yeah so um a, a circadian rhythm is something that um every mammal on earth possesses including humans um and it's from um it's, it's an old latin word um circa meaning um uh, about and uh diem meaning day so it's about a day so what it is is um as every creature on earth has evolved, they've evolved under the rotation of the earth, which is a 24 hour cycle, um, governed by both light and dark periods. So all the cells in our body, um, run on this same cycle where they match, um, that, you know, they, they're, they're active and, and do specific things during the day. Um, and they're more in sort of repair and, um, inactive phases, um, during the evening. Now, what happens is with a circadian rhythm is we have a central master clock that's located um, in the suprachiasmatic nucleus, which is a, a region of the brain, sort of slightly sort of between the, the middle of your eyes. Um, and how that's governed is it's governed by light and dark hues. So if you think about it from an ancestral standpoint, we would have risen with the rising sun, which would have sent messages to our um, central clock that it's the daytime to increase cortisol levels, dopamine and, and serotonin from a neurotransmitter perspective, which would have kept us active and awake and feeling great during the day. Mm. Now, the way um, the circadian rhythm then continues to work throughout the day is that um, being sort of from an ancestral point of view, being outside during the day, the spectrum of light from the sun would change um, with every hour of the day that goes by. So it would continually send messages through our eyes um, and to the central clock to turn on and turn off specific hormones and neurotransmitters, which keeps us in optimal health. At sunset, um, that's another cue to our circadian rhythm that it's our body now needs to move away from being active um, and move into an, more of a, an inactive, relaxed, sort of restorative phase which is to get our cortisol levels reducing, to um, increase a hormone called melatonin, which is an antioxidant, and to prepare us ready to, um, to go to sleep, um, basically. And sleep is, you know, obviously the, the period where we recover from all the metabolic damage we've done during the day um, and get us basically feeling great for the next morning. And then we get up the next day at sunrise and that's one complete 
circadian sort of oscillation. Now, what we've done um, in the modern world is that we've created thousands of tiny little suns in our daytime and in our nighttime. So by that, I mean that we no longer have a state of darkness after sunset. We are in perpetual daytime according to the messages we're sending our central clock. Um, so when we come home after dark and the sun set and we maybe scroll through our phone or we load up our laptops or we watch TV or we switch on our house light or even open the fridge to get some food out, that light that is present in those artificial sources is sending the same message to the brain that it's daytime, that the sun would have done during the actual physical daytime. So our body doesn't know when to go into repair and, and restore mode. Um, our sleep suffers, our cells don't get repaired, and our susceptibility to a multitude of um, mitochondrial diseases such as diabetes, um, heart disease, stress, anxiety, um, cancers can all increase from this exposure 24-7 to, to artificial light. So I guess that's probably it in a nutshell, Jodie. That's amazing, Andy. I think you covered everything in, in the, the five minutes that you just said all that. That's absolutely un unbelievable. So your knowledge is, is really huge on this topic, obviously, as, I, as you can imagine from the, what you've been doing over the years now. Mm. Um, so the, the circadian clock, um, I think that gives someone, everyone a really good idea of what that, what that means in your day. So you know, the mitochondrial diseases. And so what, what can we do about it? It's, it's really hard for people when I also see uh, clients in clinic to say, right, you have to turn off all your lights and you're not allowed to have a, a nighttime as such. Um, and I know that's where your, your glasses come in. But what other options are there? Well, we'll get to the glasses. Is there anything else that people can do at home to sort of minimise their exposure to those mini suns, which I love how you've said that throughout the, the night and the day? And we'll talk also a little bit more about the spectrum if you don't mind yeah of, of course um and it's um that, that there's a, a real sort of plethora of hacks that people can put into place in their environment and ultimately when people need to you know everyone really needs to sort of improve their light hygiene for for various reasons um you know whether it to be you know improve their sleep or to improve their you know anxiety levels or stress levels or maybe they get migraines maybe mum getting up in the middle of the night to do um you know a, a night feed to the child um you know all these things are going to be you know damaging and detrimental to, to our mitochondrial health so we need to put hacks into place in our environment after dark ideally to, to start with to i guess mimic what our ancestors um evolved under so mm -hmm. when we look at our ancestors they would have been active during the day out in the sun which is ultimately what we need to be doing as a free hack during the day. So we need to be outside as much as we can. There's no excuse in Australia, 300 days average sunshine a year. It's not <laughs> as though we're in the UK where it's the opposite. Um, so that's number one hack is getting as much natural light as you can. Now, after dark, our ancestors would have, you know, finished their activities during the day, you know, hunter and gathering, um, or whatever else they were doing during that, um, that active period. And they would have, um, you know, sat around a campfire most likely which emits light in the spectrum range of um, yellows, ambers, and reds, okay? And those frequencies of light are, are very restorative. They don't interrupt sleep hormones or antioxidant production after dark. Um, they're just really good sort of relaxing colors of light. So 
we need to learn a lesson from them and try and recreate that in our living environment. Now, the way you can do that is um, the first and the best and the most you know, universally accepted hack is, is obviously to wear blue light blocking glasses after dark that block blue and green light in the, in the range of 400 to 550 nanometers. It's clear evidence out there that that is the melatonin disruption zone. So we need to block all the light in that frequencies. Mm. Um, the sort of other hacks people can do that they're not free hacks, but ones that can obviously um, improve your sleep, your um, evening environment is um, red light bulbs. So I'm not saying take out all red, all the lights in your house, um, but maybe have some lamps in the areas that you spend most of your time um, after sunset. So maybe your living area, kitchen, um, and maybe bedroom and bathrooms. Um, and then, you know, maybe keep your other lights for during the day or gloomy days if you wanted to, because that red light will then mimic the light that would be given off by a campfire for our um, paleo ancestors, for instance. Mm, yeah. Some other hacks you can do as well is um, there is a, a, a mode on your smartphone called night shift mode, which takes out a lot of the blue light that disrupts your sleep and hormones. Mm -hmm. It's pretty good during the day, but it doesn't block all blue light. And you, you know, it doesn't matter if your body, if your master clock sees 1% of blue and green light in the 450 nanometer range after dark or 99% of that light, it still will send the same message to the brain. So um, what we need to do is actually turn our iPhones or um, Androids and uh, Samsungs, etc. We need to turn them red. And there's actually a hack that you can do if you Google "turn iPhone red." Um, you know, it will actually show you that you can turn your phone screen red after dark, which will eliminate all blue and green light. So again, it's almost like a mini fire as opposed to a mini sun, um, which which is obviously good from an ancestral point of view. Absolutely. Um, Another hack as, as well is um, if you are watching TV, it's, it's obviously very difficult to eliminate the blue light from the TV. Any of the light coming out of the TV that's hitting your skin is going to cause a disruption to the clock mechanism in, in your skin, which can accelerate aging, um, you know, keep inflammation levels high, um, and also trigger to some extent, some disruption to melatonin production as well, because there's melanopsin receptors that are sensitive to 480 nanometer blue light present in the skin. So I always say to people where you can cover your skin after dark as well. So just wear sort of long clothes for um, women in particular, but also men. I think that the thyroid is very sensitive to, to light given where it's located. So if you can cover your thyroid in the evenings as well, if there's a lot of blue light present, um, just by a, maybe a light silk scarf, that is also a good hack to, you know, stop any potential um, damage to that um, uh, to that gland um, happening from from the intense uh, frequencies of blue light emitted. Mm, absolutely. Um, and also, if you can do it as well, blackout blinds um, because blue light's not just present in your home after dark. You might have the best biohacked home. Um, on your street, but if your neighbor still has their outside lights on or a car is driving past or there's a street lamp outside, those are not hacked and that light entering your house is still sort of outside light pollution, which is going to disrupt your, your sleep and, and your, your health. So blackout curtains are a must as well if you can do it. Um, if not, then, um, you know, you, you could wear a sleep mask when you're sleeping um, to, to block it from hitting your eyes, but really you want those blackout blinds in place as well. So 
that's probably some good free hacks, I think, and, and some sort of cheaper hacks people can do to really tidy up their light hygiene. Um, and, you know, yeah, your house might look a bit like a brothel from the outside, but you're going to be really, really <laughs> healthy with that red light um, in your home. And you'll find that you're, if you implement these things as well as wearing the blue light blocking glasses, um, that your sleep will improve very quickly. Um, you'll have higher energy le levels um, the next day. You'll have a lot more dream recall, which means you're going into sort of deep restorative sleep. Um, and you'll also, you know, see any, you, you'll see a lot of improvements in maybe some of the symptoms that, um, are related to ailments that one might have, um, that are exacerbated by, um, you know, in, intense and prolonged blue light exposure, things like maybe anxiety, stress, and, and depression, those levels might drop and subside if you actually create a very uh, you know, blue devoid, um, light environment after dark. So, you know, it's, it's not just sleep that's going to be improved by, um, you know, hacking your, your, um, light environment after dark. It's actually, you know, your, your whole sort of general health and well-being that will be positively impacted as well. Mm, amazing. With uh, the different, you know, thyroid obviously being um, sort of in the centre of the neck for, for those who aren't aware of it. Um, but it's not only just sleep, like you said, it's it's something that can affect behaviour throughout the day. It, it's something that can even affect children. And it's something that I've been very wary of in our house for our children um, in, in regards to making sure that there's a minimal light exposure or blue light exposure after dark. And when there has been, I've noticed a definite increase in um, I would say bad behavior or excitability after a, a certain period of time at nighttime. And when that hasn't been around, then they've been able to get to sleep a lot easier and, um, and quickly. And I think yeah. waking up much, much better and including of myself as well. Um, yeah, hundred percent. I think it's, um, it's, it's sort of important to mention here that, um, you know, on the sort of mental health side of things as well, ADHD is, is very much on the rise, um, which is, which is a, a attention, hyperactive attention deficit hyperactive disorder. So, mm -hmm. you know, you've got kids that are sort of very excitable and, and, you know, energetic at, you know, 24 seven, but also they have, you know, big crashes um, and trouble concentrating. And there's been some really interesting studies on ADHD in relation to light and, um, and sleep. And, um, you know, it was, experimenting with children that didn't have ADHD that if they had one night of of sleep deprivation um so that might be from you know playing on their playstation too long too much blue light from the tv or, or too much scrolling through their phone their concentration levels the next day in class were were, were dramatically um reduced so they, they couldn't concentrate for long periods of time um and ADHD um obviously is is that um uh, issue where there's a lot of hyperactivity but also um, an inability to focus and um, you know have a, have a longer attention span and um, you know when you look at what blue light does um, it keeps people alert and awake and feeling you know energetic um, so when you're you know exposing um, you know children to those frequencies of light after dark then you know, not only are you going to impact their sleep, which will impact their attention span, you're also going to, you know, excite them and, you know, they'll be just sort of tearing around the house and, um, you know, not really settling and relaxing. And, you know, this is why 
a lot of studies that are out there at the moment are pointing to the fact that you know ADHD is a, is a circadian mismatch disease. It's it's where circadian rhythms have been sort of you know really disrupted and, and blown out by um, you know inappropriate and excessive blue light and green light exposure. Um, and when you actually look at um, when uh, a woman is carrying a child um, during pregnancy, um, a disrupted circadian rhythm um, of the mother will actually um, cause an increase in the risk of that child having um, psychological and behavioral issues when they're born as well. So, you know, it all starts from a, I guess, a, a developmental health perspective um, where, you know, how the mother is, um, you know, I guess in training or disentraining their circadian rhythm or exposing themselves to, um, you know, inappropriate light exposure at the wrong times of day can actually have a huge impact on the behavior of a child when they're born. Mm, absolutely. And you think about um, what people are doing in their homes and it's a normal thing, not only do the, the video games and the TV for the children, but the adults with TVs in their room and falling asleep with the TV on. It's something that I did when I was a teenager and you think back and wow, you know, <laughs> what, what was going on there? How much better would my health have been back then if I had not done those things? And, and a lot of people just don't believe it because you can't see inside your mitochondria, unfortunately. You just see the symptoms appear over time and disappear over time when you start to implement these things. And sometimes it can be quick and sometimes it can be slow, unfortunately. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's um, it's it's very sort of astute to to say that um, you know people that perhaps are, are following a specific diet, um, you know, it, it might be you know a, a, what they deem as a healthy diet. It might just be a general sort of you know standard Australian diet. But you know they'll they'll be like, well, why do I need to change this diet? I've got energy. I'm sleeping okay. I feel great. But then mm. you ask that person that question in 20 years time when they're suffering from diabetes, stress, anxiety, or, or some other nasty um, circadian mitochondrial mismatch disease, um, you know, they would look back and go, well, yeah, shit, maybe I should have changed my, uh, my dieting protocol. And the same is true for light. You know, people might be now like, I don't need to change anything. I feel fine. I can sleep okay. I've got a bit of energy. But yeah, like you, you might do. That's, that's great. But mitochondrial disease takes years and years to develop and when you want to i guess because you always get the people that try and rebut this and the evidence is clear that there is an issue mm. all you have to look at is is teenagers today when we were growing up jody there was literally no incidences um in the uk i'm, I'm sure you'll um comment that it would be the same for australia that mm. you know no kids were depressed or stressed or anxious. We just went outside and we played and we were fine and we were happy. And, um, you know, the worst case, you know, where we might feel a bit stressed is if we fell out for a couple of hours with a mate or something or fell over. But, mm. you know, today kids are getting smartphones from the age of four upwards. And by the time they're 14, which is 10 years of, of chronic exposure to blue light that you and I would not have been exposed to. Um, and they've got anxiety and depression and, you know, these sort of, massive social anxieties that are, that are going on and and you know yes they're living their lives through social media but they're also smashing their bodies and eyes with with copious amounts of blue light which is disrupting their mitochondria for a decade oh, and absolutely and epi issue. epigenetically as well down the track yes absolutely mm. yeah so they're like mm. you know the gene expression and switching on and off of specific yeah. um i guess genetic codes is, is massive as well with blue light and that's going to change things but with you and I, Jody, we would have, you know, 
probably had, a, I mean, I had my first phone maybe about 15 years old. Um, but that phone wasn't like the phones that the kids are getting today. Um, no, it was LED a Nokia. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We got black and white phone and we played snake on it. And that was you know, the, the highlight of our day. But, you know, today they've got these like mini computers um, mm. that, that, that are shining intense blue light into their, um, uh, into their eyes, which is very different to what we grew up with. Now, you know, we would have watched TV like after school, maybe for a couple of hours as, as well. But the TVs back then weren't high definition. The, the spectral analysis of, of, of a TV in the 80s and 90s would be very different to, to what you would see today in those sort of ultra high definition or um, OLED sort of um, flat screen TVs. Today would be a lot more, um, you know, higher irradiance, higher um, uh, Kelvin readings in, in terms of the color temperature and, and mm. the amount of blue light would be a lot more than what we were exposed to. So absolutely, you know, we, we also grew up probably in, um, in houses that used incandescent lights. Um, yeah. 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 Very low blue light um, and green light, very high in, in yellow reds and ambers, which don't disrupt and, and damage as much as blue. Whereas, you know, they were deemed inefficient 20 or 30 years ago and um, slowly phased them out. And, and in came led lights, which had, next to no red, yellow and amber in and, and, and all blue and green. So, That's blue, yeah. you know, yeah. So it's, it's not comparing apples for apples. Um, the kids of the last decade to, to you know, the um, kids that maybe grew up in the 80s and 90s. Um, I think it's very different environments. And you can see now that the teenagers that are coming through um, that would have had smartphones, you know, straight from, from birth are, um, you know, seeing the consequences now of issues that, you know, people that maybe started using a phone in their mid twenties, 10 years ago, are starting to get in their mid thirties now. So, you know, we're starting to see the evidence stack up in, you know, a mass guinea pig study with the general population that kids have been using these phones since a very young age for a good decade. And now they're suffering from stress, anxiety, and depression, which to be honest is what you would expect of someone maybe 20, uh, maybe 35 to 45, 55 years old that have been working in, you know, artificially lit office environments for, for sort of 10, 20 years. So, you know, the evidence is, is definitely out there. Oh, absolutely. And not only that is the um, hyperexcitability of some of those neurohormones like dopamine and things like that. Also from those um, screens and also the games and, and the TV and the social media and all that sort of stuff that they're getting uh, a, a non-natural hit of this hormone. So therefore, going out into the real social scenarios are a lot more difficult for some people. And I see that a lot in the adults that come and see me, plus also the children and the teenagers as well. But not only that, they're not getting the grounding either. You know, I used to go, I was, I was lived on a farm and I was in the stables and I was dictated by the light of the sun and the moon and then running outdoors in bare feet. Kids don't get that these days in mostly our urban environments that we live in, unfortunately. Absolutely. And, and not to mention Wi-Fi as well. You know, I remember exactly. uh, yeah. having to ask EMF. my parents if, yeah, having to ask my parents if I wanted to use the internet because I had to use the phone and no one could call in. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so that there are just the environment that we're creating for ourselves is, is not going to end well. And we're, we're already seeing the, um, you know, the start of these, these problems coming through. And unfortunately with, with anything in, in sort of mass society, um, things won't be done until it's too late, but you know, this is why I guess I want to come on and, and speak to the likes of yourselves that are, you know, pioneering the way in, in trying to get 
people to to wake up to these issues and you know they're very simple hacks to to do no one's no one's telling you to put your phone down or turn your tv off um mm. we're just saying that you need to be cognizant to the fact that the light that is coming out of these devices is doing damage to you and you know you can still use them but you just have to use them in a a more light appropriate way absolutely absolutely I would, I would like to ask about blue light. So I, I do get this question a lot and people are saying, well, blue light, you know, it's not that bad, but there's a time for it. And I know we went through the days, but when's the optimal time to get the perfect amount of blue light exposure to, for our health? Yeah, so generally during the day, any time during the day when you're outside, you're getting the appropriate amount of blue light exposure. Mm. Um, the blue light in the sun actually changes throughout the day. So it's um, fairly low in the mornings um, and it generally gets higher and higher as the day goes on. And mm. a lot of people don't realize that the highest spike of blue light during the day is actually just before the sun sets. Um, and then it's that crashing and decrescendo effect of um, blue going down to zero about 20 minutes after that um, spike in blue that tells the brain that it's time to get ready for nighttime and stop the cortisol and to increase the, the melatonin production. Um, so there is no specific time to be outside during the day. Like you just got to be outside as much as you can. In terms of a circadian entrainment um, perspective, you want to be out with the sunrise because that's the first light of the day and that will set your um, clock ticking throughout the day for optimal um, hormone and neurotransmitter um, production and secretion. Yep. Um, you want to be outside midday because that's when um, the color temperature of, of the light is, is the highest. Um, but you also want to be out at sunset as well to, to stimulate the um, decrescendo effect for, for melatonin later on in the day. Now, the issue is with, with blue light is that it's essential during the day. Um, but there is a context to it. Okay. So blue light yeah. is great because it increases your dopamine, your serotonin, um, and your, your cortisol levels, which is fantastic during the day. It's what you want, but what the, what, what differs with, um, well, I guess before I go into that, there's two sources of, of blue light. You've got one from a natural source in the sun and you've got another from an unnatural source, which is led light. Now mm. both aren't equal. Okay. So blue light, in both the sun and the you know digital devices you're using or the office and house lights that you're switching on um, causes damage to the cells in your eyes and the skin it causes inflammation it causes cell damage because it's a very high energy frequency of light now nature is very very clever because it knows that, it, that humans need this blue light to feel alert and awake and for optimal hormone secretion but it also understands that damage is caused by um, being out in it. So what it does is the sun has the same amount of red light and near infrared light and infrared light present in it at the same time that blue light is coming out of the sun. Now, what those frequencies of light do is the complete opposite of blue light. They actually repair cell damage, they reduce inflammation and they repair. So any of the damage that the blue light in the sun during the day is causing is being offset by the red and infrared present in the sun. Mm. Now, when we actually look at the spectral analysis of LED lights, so any, any light that's giving out of your phone, your laptop, your, your office lighting, car headlights, fridge light, appliances, you name it, any kind of artificial light, is very high spike in blue. The next biggest spike is in green. And then there's next to no red light, orange light, or yellow light present. 
So what's happening is when we're looking at our phone, computer, or working under artificial light, we're getting all the cell damage, but none of the cell repair. So during the day, we might get things like symptoms of, of digital eye strain. So we might get like watery eyes or dry eyes or tension headaches or, or feel fatigued. That's because we're damaging the mitochondrial cells in our eyes and dehydrating them. Mm. Over time can lead to macular degeneration. It can lead to disrupted sleep. It can lead to permanent mitochondrial damage. It can reduce your heteroplasmy rates um, and also your redox potential within the cells. So blue light, yeah, it, it, in essence, if you're talking about it in isolation, God, yeah, it's terrible for you. It's going to really damage your cells and you're not going to get any repair. But if you talk about it from a sun perspective, yeah, you're going to get um, cell damage, but you're also going to get cell repair from the, um, the restorative colors present in the sun. Mm. It's so fascinating because everything in nature, and I use a lot of herbal medicine and everything's synergistic. So the, the way you see even light and the sun, everything works in synergy. So there's some things that are active and some things that back it up and that will help to repair or help to get those active ingredients in. And it's just it's exactly the same. It's so fascinating to me. It's, it's absolutely amazing. Now, on the sun, I wanted to ask you this, Andy. Um, I have a big issue, put it this way, um, that <laughs> parents will load up their kids. When we say we go down the beach, it was a really hot day today in Perth, isn't it? It's like 40 degrees. So if you go down to the beach and you'll see a lot of parents there loading their kids up with sunscreen, and the sunscreen obviously is probably not the best um, brand or has those chemicals in it. But what, what's the detriment of covering ourselves with sunscreen? And I'm not, not even talking about vitamin D deficiency here because that's a huge epidemic at the moment as well. What, what, what are we doing to our skin and our receptors for the sun and the light? And what sort of things can we do to either mitigate that or what, what's your knowledge surrounding that and the sunscreen? Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's a really contentious subject because there's a lot of context that needs to be applied to what I'm about to say. Um, there's no one right or wrong. Well, actually, no, there's a right way to do it, but there's also a wrong way to do it. So the sun can be bad if you do not respect it and manage it correctly from an ancestral point of view. So by that, what I mean is that if you have a disrupted circadian rhythm, you might sleep in longer in the morning or you might not go outside to watch the sunrise. You might go straight to, you know, to your kitchen, make some breakfast, whatever, and you get your first light outside at about 11 o'clock in the morning or, or midday or something like that. If you go outside then as your first time during the day, you're going to burn. You're going to bring a massive susceptibility to skin cancer, um, you know, whether you wear sun cream or not. It's going to happen because your body is not ready to receive that specific, those specific frequencies of sun at that time of the day. Now, what appropriate sun exposure is, is it's building something called melanin in your skin, which is a, a pigment that's found in the skin, which gets, it gives us a nice tan. So if you've got low melanin, melanin levels, you'll be very pale skin. If you have high melanin levels, um, at the other end of the spectrum, you'll be um, like African descent. So you'll have black skin. Now you have a lot of people that are anywhere in between. So for instance, someone that has low melanin levels. So like my wife, Katie, for instance, um, in winter months, you have low melanin levels because she's from Celtic origin, very pale skin. 
Um, if she went out in the sun at the same time as at the same time of day than an African person, she would burn and be more susceptible to skin cancer than that person. So it really dep depends on your ancestry and genealogy. Now, the good thing is melanin can be increased naturally in your skin to help protect you against UV light later in the day. So UV light's essential. You sort of alluded to it earlier that, you know, we need UV light to synthesize vitamin D. Mm. Now, if we, um, if we go out in the morning sun, UV light is very low. It starts off non-existent and then it slowly increases throughout the day. So the susceptibility of burning during that time of the day is very low, but it also gives us a chance to safely build up melanin levels in our skin during those low UV periods. So what happens is you'll get darker, more melanin, which will absorb more UV light during the high UV periods of the day, which means you then don't have to wear sunscreen, okay? So if you're not out in that morning sun and you're going out into the sun in the middle of the day in UV, you're going to have a problem. But if you go out in the sun in the mornings, build up your melanin levels, you can go out in the sun as much as you want and be protected from it. Now, I haven't burned nor's Katie for a good three years of our lives following that protocol and we haven't worn sunscreen or sunglasses. Mm. Now, chemicals aside with sunscreen, um, because we all know putting, you know, man-made chemicals on our skin and body is, is not a good idea. I believe that sunscreen is, is, is wrong for two, -ish, two reasons outside of chemicals. Number one, it's by not allowing the UV light to, to penetrate the skin, it's sending a message via the melanopsin receptors in the skin that it's not the daytime because UV light is only not present either at sunrise or post-sunset. Mm. So it's telling our, our bodies that it's, it's the middle of the middle of the night in, a, in essence. So we don't have, so the body doesn't then release the chemical properties that are needed to synthesize, I guess, UV correctly. So when that sunscreen starts to wear off, our bodies aren't ready to accept that, that UV light. So we're going to leave ourselves much more susceptible to, um, to inflammation. And, you know, it was personified quite recently with a study that came out that showed that the skin has its own circadian rhythm and it's very much governed by light and dark cycles. So, you know, the, the skin is active during the day um, in its circadian rhythm, which brings out a lot of protective factors in it from any, you know, pollutants, inflammation, UV light and, 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 the, and the what have. Um, but if we're putting sunscreen on, we're, we're basically not allowing the, the frequencies, all the correct frequencies of light to pass through and, and basically give the message to our skin to be right. I need to be in protective mode rather than recovery mode, mm. um, which then leaves us susceptible to things like skin cancers. Sunglasses is another issue. There's That's a very famous, mm. yeah, very famous study out there that shows that people that wear sunglasses are telling our brains that it's the middle of the night when we're out in the middle of the day and you actually burn quicker by wearing sunglasses um, mm. as opposed to not wearing sunglasses for, from a skin sort of burning and cancer, I, I guess, and sunscreen type sort of conversation viewpoint. And the second reason that I don't believe in um, sun cream is that when you put it on, it allows you to stay out in high UV periods of the day for longer. And when you look at it from an sort of an ancestral point of view or maybe just looking at other species of animals that are active during the day they typically seek out the shade during the hottest parts of the day so they're not indirect sunlight they're out in the sun you know taking in the benefits but they're not sunbaking or lying in the sun um they're, they're typically warm-blooded mammals like us that lie under a tree or seek the shade to be to be cool 
um, and to protect themselves from UV. So look, UV is a double-edged sword for me. I think it's much like blue light. I think if you manage it correctly, it's the best thing you can have for your health. Mm. But I think that if you manage it inappropriately, you can cause yourself some, some serious issues. Now, another thing going back to what I was saying earlier about the um, skin having its own circadian rhythm, the skin actually repairs itself in the absence of blue and green light. So if you're out in the sun all day, anyway, following my perfect protocol for not burning, not wearing sunscreen or, or um, eyeglasses, you might say have some you know, inflammation in your skin because you've been outside and you've been exposed to UV light and blue light, etc. So what happens from an ancestral point of view is then no blue light or green light would be present around the campfire. And those restorative colors would then allow the skin to go into its, you know, healing and repair mode. Mm. But when we come home from a day of being outside in a swimming pool or at the beach, mm. we're switching on lights. So our, our skin then thinks that it's still daytime and it doesn't need to go into repair mode. So it can't repair any of the damage caused um, by the sun during the day. So it might not be the sun directly that's causing things like melanoma in the skin. It might actually be the fact that our skin in this day and age does not have any time to actually be in darkness and repair itself. So, um, you know, you really got to be careful in blaming the sun for causing issues like skin cancer because yeah, UV light will cause cell damages. It's been proven over and over in the literature, but is there an antidote to that? And I believe there is because evidence shows that you can build melanin levels to protect yourself from more UV. I'm a perfect case studying. So is my wife that, you know, we always used to burn and now we don't, but there's also a lot of evidence out there that shows that the skin needs to repair. And if the skin mm. can't repair because of the presence of blue and green light after dark, that's leaving us more susceptible to, um, you know, not having correctly functioning mitochondrial cells in the body because autophagy and apoptosis can't occur when it needs to occur. Absolutely. Oh, it's so important. This stuff really needs to get out there. And I'm sure you'll agree with me is that, that we need to be screaming this from the top of the rooftops, don't we? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, you know, it's, it's important as well to always apply context to these things. Like I try to, mm. um, you know, as, as well, because, you know, Joe blogs that's got a really bad circadian rhythm and doesn't want to go and watch the sunrise goes out and stands in the, the sun at two o'clock in the afternoon in, in Perth today, then he, he's going to burn um, and he's going to have a problem. So, it's, yeah, it's, it's a protocol, isn't it? It has to be a health yeah. protocol or a light protocol or a, a light regime that you have to actually apply and, and apply it properly to get the best benefits out of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I agree. Now, one more thing before we get onto the glasses, which I'm, I'm really, really excited about talking to you, um, is ozone. What do you think about the ozone? And in Australia in particular, and we don't hear a lot about this on some of the podcasts that are coming out of um, the States, for example. Um, and now we do have a bit of a, a hole above us. And have, have you got anything that you know in terms of um, how that applies in, in the sun, in the light and the UV? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, the, the, the donut hole over Australia mm -hmm. is, is, is a lot, um, a lot less than what it was. And, and it's pretty much healed itself um, from what I'm, I've been reading. Mm -hmm. um, I think maybe 20 years ago, it would have been an issue, um, you know, with you know, the chlorofluorocarbon issue that, that caused it. Um, yeah. But then I have seen evidence recently that China have still been using CFCs, um, even though they said they weren't for the last 20 years. So God knows what's, um, what damage they've done to, mm. to 
the environment. But, you know, ozone is obviously a protector against UV. It's a UV filtration mechanism. Um, yep. And the fact that over specific areas in Australia, that might be lower um, is, is probably going to be an issue. Um, but, you know, I, I believe last time I looked, potentially it was more sort of over Antarctica and maybe more of the east coast of Australia. Um, so it's not something I've, I've delved deep into um but given what i've read recently i don't think it's a huge amount of an issue than what it was um for me i i typically won't be outside in um the highest uv periods um anyway um i typically will be in the shade um i just feel that that's right for me um and and that works for me um so i think that if anyone's really concerned about you know um, the ozone hole then you know you might want to limit the time outside probably between 11 and 3 um, and by that I mean not being in direct sunlight um, for long periods so you might not want to sunbathe um, during those periods you might want to do that in the mornings and, and after that time um, but it's just being sensible Jody. it's like you know mm. I, I won't be out lying in that sun or or in a swimming pool at, between those times it just won't happen it's just you know I, I just think that as mammals, we would seek the shade at that time. That doesn't mean, you know, retreat back into your temperature controlled house. It just means, you know, sitting in the shade in your undercover area or, you know, in a cabana or something like that. And, you know, just being outside, taking in the light, but not being in that direct UV. Mm, absolutely. And you've got to take into consideration, especially the Australian culture and even the English culture when they go away on holidays, is that they will sun themselves for some time while drinking alcohol, which is also a mitochondrial damaging substance, um, as well as eating foods that aren't ideal for our, um, you know, for our bodies, our mitochondria. And so that all adds up over time. And um, with the, that short-term damage, the body then doesn't have that repair and it doesn't, it's not able to do what it needs to do at night time with the improper sleep and, and all that sort of stuff. So it does sort of, like you say, context is needed in a lot of these scenarios where we're talking about um, blaming the ozone and still to this day people because of, you know, not keeping up with literature or just inability for um, you know, the, the governments or the advertising to be able to tell us what's happening and people don't seek out this information themselves. So um, I think it's really important to get the truth out there, I believe. Yeah, ab absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's, it's always a lifestyle thing for me as well. You know, I'm, I'm not, um, you know, esoteric to the, to the point where, you know, I, I suffer any cognitive dissonance with, um, you know, with light, my views always change um, mm. as, as and when new evidence comes up. And, you know, that's why it's important to continually be on these types of podcasts to, you know, relay the, the latest information, because, you know, we're, we're only as intelligent as the information that we have available to us at a given time. And we've also got to be aware that, um, you know, I don't want to be one of those people that comes on and says, eat what you want, do what you want. As long as you manage light, you're going to be OK, because a few people in my community say that. And I don't think that's that's correct in the slightest. I feel that there's a lot of different avenues you need to take for your health. Um, you know, your, your dieting needs to be tailored to your individual needs. I think your exercise needs to be tailor to your individual needs i believe light is the, is the same for your individual needs and you know i think that all these different um uh different sort of um i guess bloodlines that we all come from require you know this sort of bespoke um way to look at things from from all different points whether it be exercise diet and um, gut health nutrition um you know light emfs so I, I think that that's it's all very 
unique to an individual person. Um, and I think that, you know, I really want to see people move away from, you know, being part of movements. I mean, you know, it's just human nature to be part of a tribe. And, and I get that, but, you know, you get the people that are like, right, veganism is the best thing, light's the best thing, carnivore's the best thing. And it's like, well, you know, maybe it, maybe that maybe it is for you but maybe it's not for you know seven billion other people like you, absolutely you just don't know and i think that there's a lot of danger on the internet now there's also a lot of fantastic information out there um but there's a lot of danger in that you know someone that follows you know joe blogs who's a vegan who is you know ripped to shreds really healthy doing absolutely amazing perfect gut health and sleeps well and then goes right i'm gonna do that well hold on a minute like how do you know that you've got the same genetics as that person or the, you know, you're living in the same environment or your hormones are the, the same as that person? Like you don't, it's very dangerous. And the same might be true for the poster child of the carnivore diet. People might go, God, I want to look like him or her. I'm going to just eat meat. And, you know, I'm, I'm a big testament to that. As, as you know, that, you know, I've followed specific dieting protocols that, you know, I think, wow, I want to look like that person. And it, I haven't ended up looking like that person and, and they've, cause myself some you know minor damage that fortunately enough is is repairable so you know people really have to take information from sort of conversations like this in every aspect of life and really apply it to their own situation I think I'm a hundred percent on your page I can't agree more with you for everything you've just said Andy <laughs> you said <laughs> it said it better than I could ever say it <laughs> oh, amazing amazing um let's get on to your your glasses then and I have some um in my clinic I'm looking at them now I've got some whoever comes into the clinic can try them on I've got the the red light um I'm wearing the computer glasses at the moment and we've also got the sleep mask in here for people to try um give me a bit of a rundown and I know um, a lot of people are aware of some of the brands as such out there of um the blue light blockers give me a bit of a rundown of how you guys are different and also uh what the uses are for discussed a bit of the red light at night time uh, yeah but the daylight as well in front of the computers and and the lights inside offices and things like that yeah absolutely so our light requirements change throughout the day so again it's like what we were just chatting about there's no one size fits all so you know companies that are alluding to the fact that you know you can you know buy one pair of glasses and they're going to be fine for all day and all night is it's just bs it's it's not possible mm -hmm. um during the day we need blue light so you don't want to block any blue light so typically you want to be wearing one of two lenses okay so there's a clear lens that focuses on blue light mm -hmm. um by filtering it down between anywhere between sort of five and 25 30 percent you've also got a yellow lens um that filters down more blue light um and that is used for people during the day that have sensitivity to blue light. So if you've got a sensitivity to blue light, you get migraine, stress, anxiety, seasonal affective disorder, for instance. Now, where ours differ from some of the leading brands in Australia and the US is that, and we've tested these in our labs, um, is that their clear glasses during the day actually only focus on reducing down violet light. And violet light is not present in LED backlit digital devices or office and house lighting. So in essence, you're filtering out violet light from the sun and the rest of the blue light from your digital devices is still passing through your, your eyes. So they actually don't do anything. Whereas our clear lenses focus on 
they don't focus on violet light at all because it's not in LED devices. It actually focuses on reducing down the artificial blue light in your digital devices across the entire blue spectrum to bring it down more in line with, you know, the other colors that are in the LED um, devices or lights that you're using. So you've got to be very careful. And some of these companies as well have done this really um, horrible marketing sort of con where they get this laser pen that comes with your glasses and you shine it through your, your lenses, your clear mm. lenses, and it, it doesn't pass through. And it's like, look, it's blocking all blue light. <laughs> so I've, I'm fortunate enough that I've got a um, lab grade spectrometer in my home that costs about five grand to buy, but in wow. the fresh profession that I'm in, <laughs> I, I wanted to, to have this. Absolutely. I ordered a pair of these glasses um, and I'll tell you who the company are because I've got the evidence to back it up. It was yeah. Cirrux, um glasses. Mm-hmm. So a big brand you can get on Amazon. So they give you a little pen and they say, right, shine it through and, you know, you shine it on this bit of card and it shows that it comes up in this sort of purpley light. Um, and then you put your glasses and shine it again and nothing comes through. And it's like, wow, they block all blue light. So I spectrum tested the pen and it actually had zero blue light in it. It was only violet light at 380 and 387 nanometers in that pen. Wow. So it's a, a, a lie. It's, it's not mm. even, a, it's, it's, it's a horrible marketing gimmick that's saying like, look at, our, look at these, they block blue light. And then people raise it with us all the time. And I just refer them to the YouTube video that I did testing that. Okay. Um, pen out so people can yep. um, jump on and take a look at that so Excellent. you know just got to be careful because every single company out there is really looking just to take your money um, they know jack shit about um, quantum biology and um, how you know bio photons work in, in the in in any sort of walk of life mm. um, and they're just trying to flog your product that's been made in a factory in, in China um, mm. so during the day um, you know you need to be opting for you know, either filtering the blue light down a little bit, or if you've got those sensitivities, opting for the yellow lens that blocks blue between 400 and 450 nanometers and allows blue post 450 nanometers to come into your eyes to keep you awake and, and alert because the lower end of the blue spectrum is the most damaging. Mm. So that's why we created our summer glow lens. Um, so all evidence-based and backed, and they're also made in an optics lab in Australia. So they're not made in some dirty factory somewhere um, where, you know, it's just, you know, we've all ordered stuff from, from overseas that has been made in factories and they turn up all dusty, no quality control. And, yeah. you know, you're basically just getting mass produced nonsense. Yeah. Now, the biggest bugbear for me is companies out there that say their clear glasses block blue light and they also help with sleep. From a physics standpoint, it's actually impossible to have something clear that blocks blue light. Because when you look at a, a color wheel, for instance, you need to look at what opposing colors are on that wheel And from a physics standpoint, that will tell you what color it will block. So if you want to block out blue light, you need to have an amber base in your lens. If you want to block out some green light, you've got to have some red in that lens. Mm. So you mix the two together, you get a very deep amber slash red lens. So, you know, when we, one of the reasons, main reasons I founded Blue Blocks was I wasn't happy with the amber lenses that were out there being targeted for, um, for sleep because mm. I took 20 of these different brands to the lab that I work with and got them to test them at the time I didn't have a spectrometer and not one of them blocked in line with what the academic literature is saying you needed to block to get better sleep so that's why I created the sleep plus lens with that lab was to create a, a lab produced optical quality grade lens that actually blocked 400 to 550 nanometers at 100 percent 
every other brand out there can't achieve that. There's some that will say, you know, and they, to be fair to them, they disclaim it on their website. They're like 98.9 or 99.8% blocking. Mm-hmm. But the body, the, 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 the body clock doesn't care if it's a tiny amount of light in that range or a lot of light in that range. It will still tell your body that it's the, it's, it's the daytime and to not be optimal in the secretion of, of melatonin. So, you know, you just got to make sure that when you go to get a, you know, a lens to use after sunset, that you mm-hmm. get a spectral analysis report from the company that you're buying from. And I guarantee you, if you went to 100 companies, 99 of them wouldn't give you a spectral analysis report two reasons one because they're lying about their product doing what it says it's doing or two they have no idea what a spectral analysis report is so ask that question i'm not saying like people should buy from blue blocks yes we're evidence-based and our products have all the um literature behind them and all the evidence if you requested it um, and a lot of a lot of it is displayed on our website as well um, but if you want to go to x company in america or, or spain or somewhere because you like their glasses or that's you know what what you want to do make sure you email that company and say send me the spectral analysis report i want to know how much light is being blocked between 400 and 550 nanometers and if that report is any less than 100 percent, don't waste your money amazing i love it absolutely love it i think uh, honesty and and integrity there is just um amazing and that's why i i I searched you out andy you've just done an amazing job um, thank you yeah, it's and I've even noticed a massive difference when I've been using other companies compared to the to, to the just the computer glasses that I use on a daily basis and even while I'm lecturing, as you know, I've got them because of the fact that I am indoors a lot under a lot of blue light and in front of students and in front of blackboards um, or whiteboards, should I say, that I've got um, all, mm. all the colours on there and then in front of my computer when I'm in the clinic and I've I've noticed a massive difference between the two different glasses. So that. That, that for me was enough <laughs> to make me a massive believer in what you do, not aside all the evidence and everything that you've done in terms of the integrity for your company. So in, in terms of, um, you're welcome, in terms of the red light, tell me a little bit about when people should start wearing it at night time um, or putting them on and um, what, what's sort of the time limit that they need to be thinking about between you know, sunset and um, yeah. putting them on at home. Yeah, so if it's red light bulbs, then get them on as soon as as soon as you would normally turn on lights to see, um, mm. basically. So mm. get them on straight away um, and leave them on until you want to go to bed. Um, you know, you, you don't want to be switching on anything that's going to, um, you know, disrupt that circadian rhythm. Um, and, you know, you've you got to wear the glasses as well, because there's always sources of blue light present in your house that, you know, you don't realise is there. Like, you just look at when you put your dishwasher on, that's blue light. Your oven is blue light. Your, <laughs> you know, I hope people don't have them, but microwaves are blue light. And mm. um, your fridge is the biggest offender. Next time you open your fridge door, have a look at the light in there. It's, it's <laughs> uh, LED light. And that's, um, you know, your fridge is making you sick, not because of the food that's in it, but because of the light that's in the there. Light. <laughs> yeah, and the dopamine hit from the blue. Every time you open that fridge, like, boom, it's like taking a, you know, a, a, a line of cocaine probably so um, <laughs> don't uh, <laughs> my little exaggeration there but um yeah just um all the parents out there waking up in the middle of the night for their children <laughs> they're getting yes. a, a big a big line of cocaine every time they do it <laughs> there you go yeah exactly what, oh. all addicts to blue light but oh. um what was i going to say so yeah i mean you know red light therapy is interesting as well and we've got a product that's going to be coming out probably i mean it's being produced at the moment we've 
we've approved the, the prototype after six months of development and it's being produced at the moment in, in a small quantity. Mm. Um, and that's going to be game changer because that's going to um, contain um, restorative red at 630 nanometers and also 850 nanometer invisible infrared light. Amazing. Um, and it's going to be in a handheld device that you can interchange between red and near infrared, depending on the treatment you want. So red light is great for um, sort of surface level, um, like cell repair. Mm-hmm. So that's visible red. So if you want to reduce fine line wrinkles, um, any sort of damage to the skin during the day, then red light is perfect for that. Um, but we'll also be putting in near infrared, which is good for deep tissue repair and restoration. Um, so if you've had a heavy gym session or you've run run a long way or, you know, generally you've sat in the office all day and you've got a bit of a bad back, you can switch to near infrared and um, that will penetrate deep into the into the tissue and, um, you know, really help restore and, and um, you know, improve your, um, I guess, recovery times in, in those um, in those sort of situations. So that's going to be coming out. I'll probably receive it in January, but I probably won't release it until March because I want to do some more tests and and Mm. things before it gets released. So um, I'm very excited about that. And it's also going to have zero flicker and zero EMF as well. So um, amazing. Well done. Well done. Oh, my goodness. Wow, Annie. Thank you so much. Um, I must say, though, that you you, when you're traveling, you must be uh, completely biohacking your hotel room, just probably not even to the extent that I do it. I just cover up everything in the light. So that's also to note for everyone out there when you're traveling a lot and having to travel for business is to take lots of tape with you and take your glasses with you and take your blackout and take long sleeves with you. What else? EMF, take all that, take, take everything out near your near your head. You know, because all those lights in the hotel room, did you find that? Yeah, absolutely. It yeah. was um, terrible. It really was. Um, and we bought, because I've obviously got some prototypes of the red light device. So I bought that um, uh, along with uh, with me and used that as lighting in, in the hotel room. <laughs> Good it's, idea. Yeah, and it's battery powered. So, you know, I just charge it up um, via my, my laptop. Um, so that's another good thing about it as well. Like a lot of these um, red light devices, um, you know, you plug it into the socket to charge it and you're getting a, a ton of dirty electric come out. Whereas this is going to be USB charging. So you can have it plugged into your laptop with no Wi-Fi on, not even plugged into the mains, your laptop, and it will charge your, your red light therapy device as well. So, um, and it's just, it's so light, just fits in your bag and, you know, you, you literally can just put it in your hotel room. You know, women can take their makeup off without having to expose themselves to artificial light. And, you know, you can just have it in your room as well next to your tv if that's what you want to watch um at at night or just generally have it there for reading so yeah it's um a really uh really good device that and um Mm. one that's an essential for people that are traveling Mm, i can't wait i can't wait to see that so you'll have to keep me well informed and i'll let all the audience and the community know about when that's coming out because i'm sure i've already had a few questions about the handheld devices so i'll get them to Mm. wait until you guys have unleashed yours please do yeah it's going to be game changing (laughs) Amazing. Well, Andy, it has been an absolute pleasure. And um, I would love to do this again in the near future, maybe when the lights, when your light has come out, we can have a little bit more of an in-depth talk about that. 
Um, but I, I appreciate you so much giving up your time for me. And um, yeah, I hope you have such a, a wonderful day. I also want you to just tell the audience a little bit about where to find you um, and your Instagram, your social media, your YouTube channels. Um, obviously, I'll put up some of those links on the podcast site. And um, but yeah, just give me a bit of a rundown of where they can find you. Yeah, the um, the best place to find me really is um, is, is probably on um, social media on Facebook. Um, it's where I'm most active. Um, we've got a group there called Light and Health. Well worth joining because all the latest information is posted by myself and a lot of other leading experts um, in the field. We've got some you know very very clever people in there, a lot brighter than than, than I am, um, that can talk and answer a lot of um, questions related to light, EMF, biohacking in general. Um, my personal Instagram, if people want to follow it, just Google Andy Mant, M-A-N-T. Um, there's not many of us, so um, you'll find me on there. It'd be the one that um, the picture, the, the pictures of me sort of outside, not really wearing a lot. So um, do be warned, <laughs> swing by that one. Um, and probably talking a lot of um, a lot of sort of um, sort of inspirational stuff as well about sort of my life and situation. So um, I always say to people, drop us an email um, as well. Go on the website, just um, blublox.com and go through the contact me page and just drop us an email and, and just describe your light environment and we'll then reply back with some hacks and you know what glasses you need and, and give you some evidence if that's what you want as well so that's probably the best way to um to engage with us Thank you, Andy. And you're such a, a wonderful person. And, um, and I'm so glad that I, I made contact with you guys. And we've become quite good friends over the, over the few weeks yeah. that we've been made contact. Absolutely. So yeah, it's been fantastic. And we're local, which is even better. So um, thank you. Thank you for your time. And I will be speaking to you very soon. Amazing. Thank you so much, Jodie. It's been an honour and, and a pleasure to speak with you. Oh, no worries, Andy. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the Revital Health Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Revital Health, as well as our website, revitalhealth.com.au for upcoming podcasts, workshops and speaking events. Find out about specials happening in the clinic and all the show notes and links mentioned in the podcast. Please remember that this information discussed here is general information and is not intended to diagnose or treat individuals. Please speak to your healthcare professional before embarking on any new treatments, lifestyle changes, medicines or supplementation to assess your suitability. Have a wonderful day and we'll see you again soon.